What do you like about your friend? He's got great bone structure, kneecaps to die for. His shoulders are just so slopey. I love that his face is an autumn, but his hair is never not on fire. I can see my black, black teeth in the lens glare of his glasses. He takes his kidneys and just puts them out there. He's fearless. Trousers? No ball patch. It's all about the face you don't see with him. I like how he's always trying to put out a fire on me that isn't actually there on me. He goes for glow and brightness and not coverage. Ruined that newspaper. Ran it into the ground. If you look at him in the two hours before you try to go to bed, you're not going to sleep a wink. He's like a phone or something. Just iconic collarbones. Petulant, but self-deprecating. He has the twankiest garage. Balls like a basket of scampi. No dip. He's actually balder than Jesus, but you wouldn't know it to look at him. Nice ass. that smells like a thermometer after it's been in a butt. I'm Paul Butt. I'm secretly meaner on the inside. <laughs> yes, we are riding and dying from Miguel Arteta's Like a Boss. We've worked our asses off. We've opened up our own store. We're winning. We're $493,000 in debt. What the? Walk into the room. Now pay to Mia Carter. I'm Clara Luna. I am going to invest $1.7 million on you. We would love a million dollars. But in my experience, business and friendship don't always mix. You don't have to worry, you're a pretty little head. My head is not little, it's just that my breasts are humongous. It's a feminist mm-hmm. masterpiece written by the following men. Sam Pittman <laughs> and Adam Cole Kelly, both of whom have only one previous writing credit. An episode of a TV show you've never heard of. Oh cool, okay. okay. So they're, they're, parts of their names sound like girls' names. Yeah, Cole, I'd name my daughter that. Cole Kelly, specifically. <laughs> Kelly. you got Kelly, and Sam is gender neutral. Absolutely. Just don't say what the rest of the name is. <laughs> he could have worn a wig, is what I'm saying. I actually find that Samantha is quite gender neutral, and that's why I'm calling my son that. <laughs> it's got man Call in it. Call my daughter Bruce. What would you want? Uh, there is a bloody woman in the story credits, though. Danielle Sanchez-Witzel, who has written for lots of good comedy TV shows, has a career lasting well over 12 years. Now, I'm not going to make any assumptions here. I'm just going to frame the available information in such a way that implies my assumption, like a real journalist. (laughs) (laughs) She was in in the writer's room going, oh, I've got an idea. How about if if the girls fall out? And one of the guys goes, I know. Vagina cake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've said nothing but that since you got here, Larry. (laughs) If you you put it in, will you, will you, I, I will shut up. We have put it in. We did that already. We've got it in several scenes. Yeah, but- it, it, not only is it in its scene, it gets name-dropped like five times after that. Vagina cake. All right, fine. I'm, just, I'm a film writer. I'm gonna go to a, we're going to go to a different room. I'll be there. No, you what? <laughs> How? Vagina, Vagina cake. cake. Um, <laughs> the film was received by critics like a couple of misogynist makeup designers. It's a real problem, everyone. We've got to get to the bottom of this. It probably is. Probably is. Quote on the box. My DVD box I borrowed from my sister... 
It is troubling how frequently I'm able to borrow the films we're covering from my sister. Thanks, sis. Thanks, sis. Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne are the next great comedy duo. And that's from The Independent. Wow. Not even like (laughs) Chaz's movie bin. Chaz and Dave's movie time. (laughs) Always fucking talking. (laughs) About movies. Um, It's that theme that then at the end they just come in about film. (laughs) Does does The Independent have an R in it? Is it... Not that independent. Interpendent. Interpendent. (laughs) (laughs) It's the knockoff that's doing very well. I think think they've sold out. But yeah, that that quote sounds brilliant, though. And it's conspicuously the only quote on the box. Well, let's just get the rest of this review up. Oh, it's Clarice Lochery writing. Fantastic. I wonder why Uh, they didn't put... Oh, great. I wonder why they didn't put her name on the box. That's interesting. That's weird. They just put the name of... The newspaper and not the, the film critic. Probably probably not. Do you want to hide from the, the positivity, I suppose? No, what was that? Did you hear that noise? Me talking. <laughs> How could I stop it? It's annoying fucking buzzing in my ears. It makes me want to throw up. <laughs> Ruin my erection. I don't think you heard it. I think it was in my headphones. That's fine. It was a notification from some some cunt. Is it porn? It is porn. It's good news, Paul. The new porn's here. <laughs> They've released a new porn. <laughs> All right, well, let's see what Clar- what else look, uh, Clarice Laurie had to say. Uh, cool. Doomed comedy saved by Dream Team. Uh, oh, yeah. Whoops. Okay. I wonder why they didn't put the rest of that in the box. Yeah. <laughs> What's your finger covering there? It's a different review. <laughs> why are you holding every copy of that film? Um, <laughs> they throw the DVD at you and run away. What's that? <laughs> Ooh, spectrum. <laughs> Damn you, Miguel Arteta. Uh, the public, on the other hand. Um, other movie-related concept, meaning they didn't like it. Mark D, over at Amazon, said, Bought thinking the wife would like it. Big mistake. I got bored, so walked out of the room, and the wife turned it <laughs> off. Result. <laughs> sad, sad review. There's so much to unpack there about that horrible situation. I hope, you Why know, during you lockdown leave? that... She hasn't become a statistic, Paul, is all I want to say. <laughs> Not the number of disappointed wives who beat the living shit out of their husbands at some point during it. <laughs> it happened a lot. Next. And like a boss really brought out the rage. <laughs> I just love the idea he bought it for her. They put the fucking thing on. And at some stage, he walked away from the screen. <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, anyway, we've got two three-men. Um, Andrea Mayuro. That's M-A-I-U-R-O. I've got all the vowels. <laughs> Come and get them. She was Village Fisherman in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Never going to forget that. And in The Road oh, Chip, yep. as a dance enthusiast. I would like to appear in many, many films as dance enthusiast. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't come up. Sometimes I'm just sat on well, a bench reading a paper, but I'm a dance enthusiast. Yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I mean, that, that suggests to me, not somebody on the dance floor when Alvin's given it, yeah. Everybody going, what, what, what? He's fucking What's shit the party hot, rock guy. But you, you're just somebody reading a book in an archive, <laughs> being like, can I tell you about the um, development of the Russian ballet in the uh, circa 1900s? <laughs> a bit of a dance enthusiast. Then the party rock guy comes in and drop kicks the book out of her hands. <laughs> <laughs> dumps a keg on you and then um, gets someone to queef at you. Parties, am I right? Oh man, Alvin and the Chipmunks, am I right? Um, <laughs> in this, she plays Office Corps. So she's like the processing unit of this office, I think. <laughs> oh, fuck, like the Red Queen. <laughs> You're all going to die down here. And Summer Hyatt Great. comes through and cuts your head off. Um, well, <laughs> speaking of whom, perhaps more significantly, we have Summer Hyatt as a three-man. 
who has fart joked her way onto the list, yeah. care of Grown Ups 2 and the Wiki Wild Wild West. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Jennifer Coolidge, I... that's who that fucking was. Stiffer's mum. Yeah, I, 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 all the way through the movie, I was like, who is that? And forgot that yesterday I put this list together and that <clears> I'd written Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, she's a foreman. Oh, wow. She's the white bitch. <laughs> yep, I she was the that. white bitch. That's probably her most iconic role. Um, <clears throat> I believe she was the mother emoji in the emoji movie. Oh, great. Yep, and another terrible thing. <laughs> so good for, good for, good for her. <laughs> Paul's really pulling out all the stops for this one, guys. <laughs> no fun quizzes this week. You're just going to fucking take it. Believe me. She's been in four. <laughs> take that Coolidge. Right up your Coolidge. Well, speaking of the number four, yeah, I can read. I can read the rest of the sentence before I say it. Uh, <laughs> the film has 4.4 on IMDb, 21% on Rotten Tomatoes, and made its production budget back, and so probably lost the studio around $30 million, considering marketing and all the rest. Damn. And my fees. And yeah, your fees to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a lot, guys, this time. In this right. economy. We better give it to them. Um, Paramount Studios also recently released Gemini Man, Terminator the Dark Fate, and the Rhythm Section. So it's not looking good for that big old mountain. Uh-oh. Did uh, Dark Fate bomb as well? Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I do not know film news anymore. Did worse than Genesis. Is yeah. it worse than Genesis? Fuck no. <laughs> Not by a long shot. I was going to say. To be fair, very few things are. Why don't we cover Terminator Genesis? Hmm. Hmm. Bear in mind. Keep that in mind, everyone. Fuck yeah. If you like not understanding things, you're in the right <laughs> place. Ah, so Paul, you messed up Betty White. Um. Oh, vaginas. <laughs> What's one thing about Like a Boss that made you wish you hadn't signed a deal with Salma Hayek? Oh, the phrase lathering at my titties was used straight off the bat. And you've got to, you've got to admire that. You do. You've got to admire the work ethic that goes into a line like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you fully know at this stage what kind of film you're in for. But at the beginning, it did suggest that it was just going to be a little ribald, a little risque. And um, it wasn't necessarily going to be the only thing that it had going for it. So it was a really exciting be, time for us, Paul. I was ready to be literally titillated, which is what I call yeah. death by tatties. So... <laughs> Titties, titties. Before I scream titties too many more times with my neighbours somewhere around because I can smell marijuana. Um, <laughs> let's get into this great film, and I think it might be a girls' film because it starts with pink text. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> okay, it starts with pink text and stock music. Oh, I love that stock music. Is this Pratt? <laughs> Pratt's again. Have you put Pratt's on again? Casey, have you snuck brats into our lives again? Very very possibly, because you've got Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish, and, yeah. and both of these people, they're independent women, they live together, they run their own business, and yeah. they're a fucking joke, Paul. Everyone should, is so fucking disappointed in them. But let me say, Barack Obama straight fucked the shit out of me. What? But I couldn't even enjoy it. I was feeling so bad for Michelle the whole time. I told you not to read her book. It's ruined all my fantasies about him. I can block out his mom jeans, but not Sasha and Malia. What was his dick like this time? It was dignified and confident. That dick was presidential. Well, let's get into those characters. Roseburn is Mel, who is... It's a transformation, Paul. Yep. It's incredible. Well, conversely, you have Tiffany Haddish, who is Mia, who is different from Mel, because... Yeah. It's transformation. It's, fa- it's fantastic. Well, sometimes Rose, they Rose say Byrne... that they're different, and that's pretty different. Yeah. Rose, fact... Rose Byrne applies... 
it always squeezes the toothpaste onto um, <laughs> Tiffany Haddish's toothbrush. Obviously, uh, look, she's she's the inv- Rose Byrne is the the numbers one, and Tiffany Haddish is the crazy ideas one. Oh, I love it. I love that distinction. So, so that's why they're completely different um, <laughs> in every way, except um, all of them, except those two that I just mentioned. In every way other than the fact that they will be interchangeable if the dynamic or the comedy of the scene requires it later on. Watch out yeah, for Yeah, don't that. even worry about it. Worry who's, about who's it line is this? Um, it's not whose line important. is this? Miguel Arteta? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's smudged. We were it both talking. I, I think we both just thought we had an amazing joke and we should just yell it until the other <laughs> one stops. Were, I thought you were genuinely trying to clarify something and I panicked. <laughs> My name isn't Miguel. Paul. No, don't make me do that. No, no. <laughs> they got to a baby shower. It's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is like Bridesmaids, Paul. I love Bridesmaids. Oh, I love Bridesmaids. And it's going to be like Bridesmaids because they bring out a cake that is shaped like a vagina giving birth to a baby with pubic hair. It's so ribald. And blood. Absolutely. That was the point. Look, <laughs> how often can you track which line belongs to Hobbs and which line belongs to Shaw? You never literally can, you big <laughs> chauvinist. But that wasn't a problem there, was it? The point is we needed these women <laughs> to explode in a massive pile of muscles and, and cars. Like my favourite movie of last year, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Jesus. Fucking hell. They have, yeah, they have a scandalous conversation about their friend where I assumed they'd be picked up by a mo- baby monitor due to comedy conventions. Because they're talking about yeah, how she looks like or... a, a worse version of Betty White or something. But they actually surprised me because actually that conversation went nowhere and served no purpose. So. Oh, you say that, Paul. It, it, it set up one of the first of many set pieces in the movie, which is they're smoking weed next to a baby, <laughs> and then they drop the joint in the crib, Whoops. and then there's a joint next to the baby, which they take a picture of because like YOLO. Yeah, and then they climb out the window, but they get caught out the window, so they jump in the pool like they said that they would. So they escapes, which means no resp- no repercussions. <laughs> they presumably escaped out of that scene after that. And they did. We did. <laughs> we get. I think it's the okay. I think it's now the next morning, if I remember correctly. Or do they go to the beauty shop? I think they might go to the beauty shop to establish that there's a beauty shop. Oh no, no! I think the beauty shop is before that because they say we're going to a baby shower. Oh, okay. We'll see you tomorrow. And Rose Byrne goes, "No, we'll see you later." And they're, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever, guys. Uh, you guys yeah. are so similar, then... but we're different, right?" <laughs> and then yeah. <laughs> Cut from baby shower to them the morning after, having gotten laid. Yeah. Presumably on the way out of the baby shower. They just picked up two... They had two fucking basketball players in the, in the nearby court. Fuck yeah. Couple of hunky dudes. Yeah. Um, and the f- during this breakfast scene, I think the film's composer demonstrates a fair amount of restraint. <laughs> P.S. Harry's not really Harry. He's smooth like a CPR dummy. Not really my type, but... You know, he can th- hear you, babe. He's right there. Damn. Got you some dumb dick last night, huh? With you guys are so cool. I love the idea of being your age someday and still living with my dudes. Huh? Ouch. I don't listen to nothing he says, girl. I just watch that velvety mouth move and think about it all in my nooks and crannies. Fair amount. Oh, yeah. Fair. He could have made it worse. It could have been yakety sacks. Throughout the entire fucking thing. Um, yeah, it's a relatively... It's one of the better pace scenes. Yeah. Then that ends, and we go back to the beauty the beauty salon. Yeah. Where um, it's... Oh, that guy shows up. What's it? From Safety Not Guaranteed and Deadpool. Yeah, Dupinder. Guy. Um, yeah. I wish I knew his name, but he will forever be Dupinder. He'll always be um, Safety Not Guaranteed guy to me. Yeah. Because I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Colin Trevorrow fan. <laughs> 
don't give a shit what anyone says. Not Disney, not no one. Um, <laughs> Book of Henry's masterpiece. Yeah, he, he's there with um, sassy gay black assistant um, and Jennifer Coolidge playing Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Sassy gay um, assistant was Billy Porter playing Barrett. Playing Billy to Barry. It's a transformation, Paul. Billy to Barrett. Billy Barrett. Um, Billy Bragg. Yeah. He sang a song and then they were approached by Depinder in order to come and work for a massive evil makeup conglomerate, which they need because they are panicked because they say that at the rate they're going, they are likely to be closed in six months. Yes. My project, IRL, only has funding for three months. So this made me feel very good. <laughs> I will say, Paul, just to, just to really stick up for the film here, Rose Byrne is all like, we haven't got any money. And Tiffany Haddish is like, Ah, don't worry about money. So you see they're very different, very different people. <laughs> oh, there almost, you go. Almost entirely different human beings. Unbelievable. In other news, though, if Sama Hayek is listening to this podcast, please come. I will literally portray any friend that I have in order to be saved yeah. from the immediate fiscal situation that is facing me. Hey, just between me and you listeners at home, like Paul's, Paul has betrayed me many times. This, this is fine. Never this for is money. This is just a... <laughs> I oh, have I, integrity, I, 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 But I... But, but we, but we know, we know that he would. So, so the trick is that Salma Hayek will make him do it, but he's already done it many times. <laughs> oh, so man. that's it's it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's, it's for the best. So at this stage, Salma Hayek shows up into the movie, and it's at this stage I get to appreciate how natural Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne's delivery has been. By contrast, best friends for twenty-two years. Impressive. I'm Clara Luna. Which means clear, brilliant moon. The literal translation is clear moon. The brilliant is implied, but you can just call me Claire. Yeah, it's been pretty special. It's actually been really good. Um, I can see now. Yeah, do you know, do you know what I realised today or yesterday when I saw this movie, Paul? Yeah. I don't think Salma Hayek is very good. And I don't think that... It's, it's more that actually that she's not been in many good films. She, she, I feel like she's done a fastbender where she was in a few good films and everybody yes. went, wow, Summer Herc's amazing. Yeah. And then she's just spent decades on doing that. It has been a lot of fart jokes since Frida, I do have to say. Yeah. That Frida was quite a few fart jokes away now. There, were, there weren't too many fart jokes in Frida. <laughs> there weren't all that many. And when they were, they were very artful. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the old, the old list. The old list here of uh, projects undertaken since um, 2002. It's not excellent. No. But hey. No, I don't have an end to that. (laughs) (laughs) But hey. But hey. Hey now. Hitman's Bodyguard 2 is coming out. Fuck yeah. I heard it's even fartier than the last one. Great. The ladies have a business discussion in front of a very... Oh, that's it. Yes, they they go to a nightclub where they're discussing whether or not they should form this evil deal with the obviously awful Sama Hayek. And they end up on stage singing a song and have a prolonged business discussion in front of a very appreciative audience. Yeah, And you say prolonged. They love it. The scene goes on for 78 (laughs) seconds. Um, (laughs) It's enough. (laughs) It's 78 seconds they spend on stage not singing the song they got up on stage to sing. Well... But the audience love it. They're really good at picking up context. <laughs> well, they only got on stage because they were seven seconds into a, con- a conversation about their business and they <laughs> couldn't figure out where that should go. So it's song time, everyone. <laughs> if ever I have a situation where someone's trying to buy out one good thing and turn it into a massively cynical, huge conglomerate mm-hmm. starring James Corden, 
mm-hmm. as me. <laughs> and, um, who's the shittest version of you? Um, you. <laughs> me, ben. yeah. <laughs> um, ben Foster. Oh, who's a... Yeah. Oh, no. God, he no, brings I'm so much nuance to Joking, because he's in... I'd love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea of James Corden and Ben Foster starring in the movie of us. Let's make it happen. It's just Ben Foster's got a fairly big chin, so... That's how I associate with people. <laughs> he's got one too, and he's famous. Cool. <laughs> Anything's possible. If you get Jay Leno, Jay Leno and James Corden, the talk show Shit. hosts, <laughs> to play us, then I want us to make that decision very much whilst karaokeing in front of a crowd. <laughs> we can pretend to because we will obviously have made the decision immediately and just signed it in blood. Uh, God, that was easy. Anyway, karaoke? No, I'd rather not. You got it. <laughs> and that was the end of their friendship. It was beautiful. <laughs> so, basically, they signed this deal with Hayek, which is that they get a controlling interest in the company so long as they remain friends. And it's rare to see the obvious trajectory of the film's plot actually directly addressed in the narrative. <laughs> it would be like if there was an action movie where there's a bomb that will explode if anyone yells, No! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, it's not the... Densest like of plants, is it? And it's, it's it's like Littlefinger's last gasp in Winterfell. I have an amazing plan. Sansa, I want the throne. I would, I would accuse you of doing a bad Peter Baelish impression, but that doesn't exist. You could do any voice and you're <laughs> at least 50% of the way towards Aidan <laughs> Gillen's Peter Baelish voice. I've been honing his crazy, crazy accent um, since re-watching it. But it is, it, 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 it's, it's an obvious one. It's um, If you can remain friends... <laughs> By the way, Rose Byrne, have you noticed how awful your friend is? What? No? Well, maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should. They, they, they pitch a new makeup, a makeup that is all about friendship and that feeling of finding your best friend in a crowd, yeah. which they settle upon after going to a nightclub and seeing a, and interviewing a bunch of best friends. Which is nice. But it's also about emphasizing your natural look and not covering up flaws. Yes. It's both. It's both of those concepts. They're actually okay. mutually beneficial. Yeah, it is advertising. <laughs> you got to say it. It's just cause... say it's about that. It's just it's the idea of friendship, 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 <laughs> but also covering it. But also this entirely different concept. Also, your gross face. <laughs> also, celebrating your gross face by covering it. I love it. <laughs> Highlighting Paul. <laughs> Augmenting. See, the, the evil, the evil makeup people, they're the ones who want to cover it up. Ah. This is about bringing it out by like drawing arrows <laughs> around stuff. <laughs> arrows drawing and arrows to explain stuff. the context of your face. <laughs> <laughs> See, on my chin, I've just got an arrow pointing right down to my butt. Yeah, fuck yeah. Don't look at this, look at this. <laughs> but um, you have to follow the arrows. It's quite a while. <laughs> huh? You have to trace around the uh, body in order to get there. Uh. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I came back to the front to tell you it was good. No, just stay back there, mate. Honestly. Do you not follow the arrows at all? I've been practicing my handstands. <laughs> but, um, oh no, now that we're in a partnership with someone someone else, we don't get to completely control the editorial decisions of our marketing. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Drama! Bum, bum. Um, Salma Hayek suggests that they need a new product, that bitch. Dare she come in here and say that we can't just sell the thing we've been selling for two years unsuccessfully? Mm-hmm. Who is she? Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> Not Gordon Ramsay. Productive I don't know. suggestions. 
I don't even know anymore. I'm not even following this. Um, she also suggests that they fire their comedy friend just because he's willfully inefficient. At this stage, after firing their comedy friend, they attend some sort of home-instructed, kitchen-based ceviche cooking lesson. I do not know how the middle class works. Amer- America middle class is double spectrum. I can't. <laughs> it's not a language I understand, Paul. Guys, let's all pitch in and have a professional chef come to our homes and teach us how to make ceviche. I mean, now I say it out loud, it doesn't sound that crazy, but I felt like a fucking alien watching it. Land, land of the free, mate. <laughs> it's actually beautiful. I think I might try and smuggle my way in <laughs> for all that ceviche action. <laughs> and then Mel poisons Mia because there's been tensions. Yeah. When you say <laughs> poisons... <laughs> Is this because this is a vegetable? With, <laughs> which, to me, <laughs> I've been told is life-threatening. But, um, no, she slips a bunch of chilies into her food, which makes her all yeah. freak out and bad. Ghost peppers. Um, oh, shit! You're only meant to have... You're only meant to think about those. They're quite hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mia freaks out, runs around the place a bit, and then spits milk onto her friend. <laughs> And the camera stays for quite a while so that you can stop laughing at that. <laughs> and it's a good thing you're not laughing anymore because then this, this, this woman, she's a mum. And, you know, she's, she talks about how difficult yeah. it is to, to have fun anymore and how Mia's ruined everything. Yeah. This is the first motherfucking night since I had Ryder that I washed my body. I did my hair. I put on some makeup to hang out with my girls. Instead of staying home eating wet cereal stuck on my baby's crevices and his thick little thighs. Fuck you, Mia! Fuck you! She tells her to fuck off and storms off. Yeah, do you know what? I, I really just felt nothing for her. <laughs> yeah, well, that might be because maybe you intuited that this was never, ever going to come up again. I, I had a sneaking suspicion. I just wanted to see <laughs> how they were going to nudge this to feature length. <laughs> well, yeah, so they break into Salma Hayek's office. I can't remember why at this stage. They're angry about something. I smell a set piece. They break in and cause a lot of damage and disruption. Oh, God. And then get annoyed when Hayek only does part of what they wanted her to do. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, really. She's Um, being unreasonable. I hate her. I hate her. I hate when she does that. Oh, that's it. Very rightly. They have been told that because they're only producing five makeup bags a week, they are not allowed (laughs) to come to the... um, special makeup event she's doing but she relents and says okay you can come by the way Rose Byrne if you notice how unreasonable your friend is I'm the reasonable yeah. one <laughs> fucking Emperor Palpatine <laughs> who farted says Salma Hayek and they both look at each other they both look at the woman who's still in the corner she's been there since the hitman's bodyguard and is in every <laughs> sequence with Salma Hayek in it stay in the Fuck corner dark Jesus. Oh, 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 but Paul, here again, the characters are split in in, in twain uh, because Rose Byrne <gasps> says, "Oh yeah, you're so you're really you're right, Selma Hayek." And Tiffany Haddish goes, "She's not. She's actually not. She's actually being pretty deceitful." Well, I refuse to believe that. It's Doctor Evil. <laughs> it's literally no. Doctor Evil. Rose Byrne says, "I happen to love Austin Powers. I think it was really progressive for its time." Excellent. So, so split. So split. Neither of them know what's going on, but there is a makeup off. Between the guys and the girls, because there are guys. There's a couple of guys who are misogynist, awful uh, makeup designers who want to, yeah. you know, do bad things. And 
We now have a scene where both the guys and the girls are going to try and do makeup, and this could be a, a scene to subtly demonstrate the differences between male and female concepts of female beauty. Oh wow, the guys just made him look like a clown. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much that is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just been like, "Fuck yeah!" Look at- I just felt. I just. I don't know what I expected. I just expected something very, way more nuanced than that. They went so over the top in terms of like, yeah, this is what men think are attractive. This clown woman. <laughs> Unfortunately for them, you, you, it, it's hard to subtly portray something like so. a man. <laughs> who is who is the antithesis of subtle? Such a nuanced <laughs> in his concept. daily life. Yeah, I'm hungry now. I've got an erection. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> I have to eat then, wank. This is terrible. I hate my life. <laughs> I got to develop an unusually high suicide rate. So. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Hayek stirs up some shit almost as if she had a vested financial interest in them breaking up. Remember that? Guys? Main characters? No. She makes more money if you hate each other. That's why she says most of the things she says, guys. Anyone? Did... You signed a contract. <laughs> it's written there. Her. It's written right in there. <laughs> it's right there. Um, yes, at this point, Roseburn says, I'd rather be a nobody than a bully. Remember when you poisoned your friend's food? Yeah. That's and, weird. And also, do you, do you know what the word bully means? Samuel Hayek standing right there. <laughs> Roseburn. I would rather be a bully than a, than a nobody. I'm going to go back to working with this obvious bully. Yeah. Who's literally putting cigarettes out inside of her personal assistant. <laughs> Are we selling animal cookies? I need you to be fierce yourself so that you can inspire the ugly people to buy themselves into gorgeousness. Oh, God. It looks like all is lost yeah. between these two friends. But then there's a four-scene montage and they're over it. Yeah, great. Well, they've got to be because the film's almost finished. It's nearly finished because we padded too much. Pull it together, quick. Wow. Um, They get back <laughs> together and realize that Samuel Hayek is obviously evil because fucking look at her. And, yeah, they remember that there's... They remember the fact that there's a whole deal with you included in the clause where she made more money if you turned against each other. You are still making quite a lot of money, though, is the thing. You are making 49% of what awful Sama Hayek does. But don't hmm. worry, we'll, we'll was, realize that later. When, no, when they're, when they're kicked out of the contract. Yeah. Well, when they... They don't if, make any money from her, but she makes money from them. No, if they quit, she gets control of the company and their percentage goes down, but it is still 49% of that business of Mia and Mel. It's just that they don't get to control it anymore. That was the sort of narrative drama. But really, it was going to be quite a good deal for them either way. Really? I thought that they didn't get any any money at all from that. Great. You get to watch me take their name and make one billion dollars with it. And you'll get nothing. I don't need anything. And technically, they still own 49% of Mia and Mel. So you'll have to pay them $490 million. Oh, then what's the fucking point? Just go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. It's just the idea of you got to own your brand, Paul. Oh, okay. The well, so, they do that later anyway with Lisa Kudrow. So. They will do that later. Spoiler alert. Because, um, first of all, before <laughs> oh, no. we get back into it, I just want to express my appreciation that after every kind of sad joke, they leave a nice long recovery space for me to stop laughing. <laughs> Thanks, film. I needed that. Um, they decide they're going to bomb the event that Sama Hayek is having, the launch for um for this not literally. product. 
They don't literally bomb it, which is lucky for them because they could have, because they get their mate, com- <laughs> comedic friend, to come on the MC and be like, welcome to the stage, Mia and Mel. And that's all it takes for security, not to keep them the fuck off that stage. <laughs> so if I want to murder I'd, lo- I'd love to, man, but <laughs> he's at the decks. They got announced. So if I want to murder an MC someone, name. If I just get the MC to be like, ladies and gentlemen, murdery Paul! I can just fucking run on with my chainsaw. Waving yeah. a limb around. I Woo! get it. Like Murder Morrissey. Paul. It makes sense, because the MC said. Yeah, yeah, nice. I love to man, but he's a damn fine kill boy. Um, <laughs> God damn, he killed him good. They manhandle Sam Hayek, and then Rose Byrne later on just screams uh, insults about Sam Hayek's the state of her vagina. And everyone <laughs> just it. cheers, because the fashion world, fuck it. Fuck it. And they've made up a new makeup kit called Ride or Die, a makeup kit that splits in two so that it can be bought by friends who wear identical makeup, I guess. Is this brats? America, how do you work? How do you work? How is this an idea? Oh, no. <laughs> Lisa fucking Kudrow is here. She's the partner that Hayek has mentioned screwing over a few times, and she's going to yeah. save the day. It's kind of like a deus ex machina, except the god has kind of been in the machine. She was, she was set in. up. Yeah. And she looked like somebody who had has a monopoly on the fashion industry and does it stylishly. Do you know what I mean? She she looks amazing, Paul. Mm. Um, and she, she she fits the role. So I was ready to believe it. For the love of God, I was ready. I was ready for her to resolve the tension here. Really, yeah. it was just, it was fine by me. But anyway, look, runtime's currently 79 minutes, Paul. Gotta do well, something. We're at the end of the movie. So I think it's time for our lead characters to start singing, just in case teenage me is still in the audience. See, sometimes so he comes in. Dance. He comes into movies like this, um, and then everyone would start singing, and he'd feel very self-conscious and sneak away. <laughs> it's uh, it worked for Megamind, they say. <laughs> Let's try it here, <laughs> just in and... case any adults feel good about having seen this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then that's kind of it. They managed to outsmart Salma Hayek by just going straight to Lisa Kudrow. Remember that in Life, kids. It's like uh, rock, paper, scissors. Hayek <laughs> is beaten by Kudrow. Kudrow yeah. is beaten by. Paul Rudd? I don't know. I haven't seen many Lisa Kudrow films. <laughs> well, Lisa think... Kudrow was in uh, Booksmart, I think, wasn't she? She, she was the mom. She was, but she didn't get a come So up there we go. I'm trying to think of something where she was the villain. Oh, the villain. Just the last um... six seasons of Friends, really, is all I can think of. <laughs> you know what we could really do with at least both of us being female? I think it would really help with discussions like this. Help our ass to know things that women are in. <laughs> to just know movies that aren't Nicolas Cage films. <laughs> Jesus, I've got to tell you, listeners at home, this has been hell trying to figure out which woman is which. I <laughs> I can't just, tell I, any I, of them. I do not know. <laughs> I, didn't uh, know I didn't know so many of them existed. <laughs> There's a lot of them. So, Jesus. look, the film ends. It ends with them friends again, and they've got a successful makeup company, and everything's brilliant, actually. And we can all just sort of accept that and be happy about it. And I think Sam Hayek died, but the point <laughs> is... down a well. Fell down a well, unrelated. It comes up in a credit at the end. I think... Well, first of all, how how how, how was this for you, sir? Oh, okay, that's where we are. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. I, <clears throat> yeah. I, I will say, to its credit, I lasted about an hour before I started laughing sarcastically at everything. <laughs> oh, so that's pretty good. That's, that's um, a fantastic result for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, got pretty frustrated at the end of this yeah. very short film. <laughs> it's a very short film, but it did... It felt that length. And I think something kind of crystallized for me whilst watching this. Comedies... So the crystal meth in your stomach. It was the crystal meth in my stomach, and it allowed me to see through genre conventions, and I was able to pick out this little gem. 
There's a unique problem that is common in bad comedies. We've seen it before. And I put it together during this. Okay. If the comedy is working, you don't think about this. But when it's not working, it's this thing where in a scene, there reaches a point when you realize, oh, this is only here to be funny. Yeah. This isn't a moment in a story or a scene that's gonna make that will make sense or lead somewhere or be important later. It is yeah. only here to be funny, and it's not. <laughs> and when it's not, all you're thinking is, why would anyone say these things, and what's the impact of this gonna be? Mm-hmm. And they're counting on you not thinking that because it's funny. Now that probably yeah is the case of some successful ones as well. But wouldn't the successful ones also? be better tied into the overall plot well, if you, of, of yes. the movie. Ideally. I, I think of movies like Bridesmaids where they're able to have every comedy sequence sort of further the action or further the story or imply something about what's going on. There are some yes. great comedy films that don't have scenes that necessarily propel yes. the narrative. Yeah, for sure. It's sort of surrealist ones and Monty Python stuff, but with, grown, with something like Grown Ups 2, it's more transparent because there's no attempt at story. Yes. This... This movie pretends to have a story and characters. And Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish are actually good enough that you think, okay, this is about their journey. It's yeah. going to progress. They're characters, so I'll get to know them. But you won't, and it doesn't progress. Because mm. it's just a kind of flimsy premise to hang some comedic sequences on. And if the comedy needs for them to be down, then they'll go down. <laughs> If it needs them to have hope and be trying to do something, then the hope will appear. But it's not actually building anything. So it's just kind of yeah. dissatisfying and insubstantial. Every, yeah, every, everything. You can see through the artifice. It's very flimsy yeah. setup. Uh, a moment and then no repercussions, really. Yeah, exactly. The, like the whole the the poisoning scene is this like the n- nadir of their friendship, you know, with the spicy peppers sneaked into the other's yeah. uh, meal. Is this gonna no. like really mess things up and make them feel alienated? No, it it do- it literally has no repercussions to the point where it could be like a Doolittle style extra footage thing. Yeah, it's 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 so strange because mm. as as alluded to, it is just over feature length pool. And yeah, <laughs> you've got you've got this gossamer thin plot. Mm. You've got this flimsy set pieces for for you know big laughs, yeah. But neither feel vital. Like n- no. n- nothing. It just feels like there's not a backbone to this movie. But which, not yeah. which I mean, it, it lacks courage. Um, mm. But it's just no through line, and there's a plot, but it doesn't yeah. feel like there's anything f- for Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish to do. Not really. Um, there's no. I, I mean, they're improvising some bits, and they get some laughs, which we'll come to. But yeah. It, it, it does. It really makes me feel kind of sad because, like the independent, like Clarice Lowry said, you know, they 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 do work pretty well together. They have good chemistry, and I I felt kind of good being around them. It's just yeah. the the script is bad in in many ways. In in both the micro scene to scene, what you're actually watching is bad, and also the yeah. general overall structure of the story is bad. Yes, and so they get yes. lost, and I feel sorry for them, and I want them to escape this movie. Yeah, definitely. It, it almost feels like a studio obligation, this one. Um, so they can go and do Deadpool 3. <laughs> Rose Byrne as Deadpool. I'd watch Yeah, <laughs> you'd be fine with that. Um, I, I think as well, it's it's hard to be in the slipstream of Bridesmaids. Because it, well, I mean, it, it feels like 
you want to do something similar, but your guys writing this movie about about women, the sense of this movie, it, it feels like they're going for the same sort of empowerment angle as bridesmaids. But every joke is just, hey, you liked bridesmaids, so here's a joke about my vagina, and yeah. everything is, is so forced on the audience and the actors probably. Mm. It just just got a sense of trying too hard. Yeah. It's it's jarring and it takes you out of the mm. moment because you go, I see what you're trying to do and it's not surprising me because I know that what's going to come out of your mouth next is going to be something about a vagina and it has a, it's as ineffective to me as watching something like Pineapple Express. Mm. You know, it's like great. I know I know exactly that, that this is going to be a weed or a bull joke coming out of your mouth next. Yeah, I think two two things there. First of all, yes, this did actually feel like a movie that was written by men with occasional improvisational scenes, you know. Yeah. Afforded and and just taking even just taking gender out of it, you can see that three people wrote the story, and only two of those people then wrote the screenplay. Yeah. And it's a movie with a reasonable premise that then doesn't have the integrity as an actual screenplay. So it's reasonable to expect that the person who actually maybe cared about this or had the initial idea is maybe the one who left. Because there's something lacking in the screenplay that's not necessarily lacking in the story. And secondly, it has been nearly ten years since Bridesmaids. And you've got the Rose Byrne connection here, and you've got the fact that this is a somewhat a female-driven gross-out comedy, Mm. but I don't think necessarily that Bridesmaids is the reason, you know, that this isn't... You know that this is so bad. It's not that it's no. I'm not saying up to that. It's it's just that it has so many of its own problems. And Bridesmaids is a very reasonable point of comparison because it does so much of what this movie is trying to do well and successfully. Well, but, Brides- um, yeah, Bridesmaids is the yeah. pioneer for this kind of thing, and if we've, 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 we'll get into um, the, the one better thing and some really good sure. examples, like some more recent examples of that. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, the most obvious point of comparison. It, it, be, it being 10 years, it still sadly f- is is one of a few, you know, really well, good examples. I, I have an issue. I, I struggle to contribute there simply because comedy movies are not my thing. And this is probably yeah. the only area of cinema, you know, to speak arrogantly, this is the only area of Western cinema that I have a real weakness here. Um, yeah. You know, if somebody says, oh, they don't make them like that anymore, I struggle with comedy simply because I just don't watch that many. I don't know yeah. why. It's just some. I find something off-putting about comedy films. You're funny people... enough. <laughs> I, just, I just sit at home and imagine my own ones, and they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Act them out, my little puppet friends. Um, yeah. So I can't argue. I, I know I'm very aware of the fact that there have been some very well-received ones, and I wish yeah. I had seen Girls Trip before this because... Everybody says that's the good female, recent female gross-out comedy, mm. um, and it feels very applicable to this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. The the point is anyway to come back to um, like a boss mm. that it's just it just doesn't try enough. I don't think it, it's sa- it's satisfied to sort of just be a collection of comedic scenes, and mm. it doesn't try and pull it together. And ultimately, the comedy runs a little dry, and it's just a little conventional and not very interesting. Yep, pretty much. All right, let's quick fire. Quick fire. Early on, they're in the shower. Well, they're in the um, bathroom together, and Roseburn is um, talking about washing her hair. And Tiffany Haddish says, um, "It's not even greasy yet. You're good." I like that. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, that as an idea. Good. As someone who feels a constant pressure to be way more clean than I am, I really like the idea of a sort of sniff test with your um, with your hair. <laughs> Do you want me to stop telling you to shower? With that, help? <laughs> I need you to. Jesus. 
I don't know how um, it affects the audio quality. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can tell and the listeners can tell. They've told me. Um, it's on, all over the iTunes reviews. <laughs> by Gold Pudman. <laughs> Paolo Godot Man. Pud Pudman. <laughs> Pau Bon. Bonom. Yeah, the friendship in the first scene was cute, I thought. I, I, hmm. It was b- believable yeah. that they were good friends. Remember when my mom passed? I wouldn't have made it through that funeral without you. Everyone coming up to me. If there's anything I can do for you. And they walk away before they find out if I needed anything. I mean, here you come. With the four filet of fish sandwiches. Some pickles. <laughs> Them salty-ass french fries. And a chocolate shake spike with the Captain Morgans. <laughs> that was exactly what I needed. We so lucky we got each other. I pretty much no, believed I it, it throughout. I, I quite yeah. liked the two of them. It's just when they needed to inject drama, it just felt really artificial. Oh, yeah. I, I think pretty much a recurring element, whenever Tiffany Haddish had to do someone's makeup, I really liked the way she interacted with them. Yes, um, that was really nice. Wow, Sid, let me step in for a minute. Can I tap you out? Guess what? We have the best makeup artist in the house, one of the owners. So where are you headed to tonight? Uh, homecoming. Homecoming? Okay, what color is your dress? White and gold. White and gold. All right. Yeah, uh, it's been early on, she's got a girl who's going to prom, and she, you know... And unfortunately, the moment is spoiled somewhat by a couple of comedic lines that they've sort of shoved in there. Nevertheless, when Haddish is actually doing her makeup, she's really, really cool about the whole thing, and it's just hmm. nice, because frankly... I get pretty stressed out going to barbers. <laughs> I, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like going to hairdressers and such. So the idea of going to somewhere and having my makeup done fills mm. me with horror. The idea of, so what would you like me to do to your face to make it more palatable? <laughs> you know, just as a social interaction, yeah. that's not what I'd want to have. So, But if you could guarantee a Tiffany Haddish would be involved, I think I'd be pretty okay with it. You get to learn some pretty good vagina jokes. <laughs> I, I, I do actually like when she's making up the girl for prom. Can I see? First, I want you to say, I'm a badass bitch. Look at me and bow down. But don't tell your mom. I'm a senior. Give me a fucking break. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really harsh to her. <laughs> really um, surprised me. <laughs> I think that's the moment I mentioned that might have been a little out of place in the moment. But no, it, uh, saying it back, it does sound a little, it's just fairly amusing. Yeah. <laughs> This is this was a nice. This is a nice moment. Um, when the vagina cake is wheeled out, and I did quite enjoy it. The blood running off of it was horrific. Mm. It was a very upsetting concept. That cake. It was the fact that one of the guests says, "Um, I think it's the guest, like the mother the, to be." This is so beautiful. You talking about this frosted replica of your vagina? That's exactly what it looks like. And then running mm. off of that moment, a moment later, it's like, except I've shaved my pubic hairs because I want them to have a clear workspace. And one mm. of the other people says, oh, that's a good idea. I made them find it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Nell, Nell wasn't uh, keen on the idea of somebody making it clean for, for the doctor. <laughs> like, Why should... Fuck doctors. Pricks. <laughs> she said those fucking overpaid pricks. That is fair enough. Okay, let's deliver your bed. Ba- oh! Bloody <laughs> hell, love. <laughs> God, the 1980s called. They want their vagina back. <laughs> what do you mean I'm fired? <laughs> what do you mean I'm definitely fired and sued? <laughs> when when they're in in the room, hilariously smoking weed in front with the baby, mm. um, and then they go to hide, and then all the mums come in, and uh, they realise oh, yeah, they can smell weed. Mm. One of them, who's like the comedy relief of the mums, mm. um, 
she just goes, oh no, somebody's been smoking weed in here. And she twirls around in oh, yeah. with her eyes closed, which was fun. Um, <laughs> that was fun. The, a Depender had a line that made me laugh. Um, he had many lines that made me laugh, Paul. He was quite good. And one of them in particular, he says, um, after she's he's led the two ladies into the office. Claire will be with you when she wants to be. Yeah. And then just leaves. And I quite, that was quite good. I like that. Um, I really like Depender in general. Um he had a stillness, mm. aside from being silly. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting to watch him, as though he did all the stillness for him and Salma Hayek. Um, it, he had a few really good lines, and then there was one bit where I think Rose Byrne was giving a, uh, Salma Hayek an idea about a double-ended lipstick, and in the background, Dupinder's just oh, yeah. shaking his head dismissively, and then Salma Hayek goes, <laughs> that's great, and he just very very subtly just starts nodding. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. Incidentally, that is uh, Karen Sony that we're talking about, um, who, yeah, was in Safety Not Guaranteed and uh, Deadpool 1 and 2. Oh, awesome. Fuck yeah. yeah. Dupinder. You see, yeah. we don't just f- not know the names of women in movies, everyone <laughs> at home. Foreigns too. <laughs> and look, we remembered three women's names, four, five women's names in this movie without having to look any of them up. So I'd say we're the greatest <laughs> fucking people on earth. <laughs> Somebody give us a medal. <laughs> Please. We've done so well. Fucking avocado generation. <laughs> Rose Byrne made me laugh quite a few times whilst dancing. And the first time she did this was when um, Salma Hayek starts the sort of Latin salsa dancing thing and mm. starts dancing away. And they're just looking at her very confused. When Rose Byrne just started joining in, that, that surprised me. And made yes. Me laugh. Yes, definitely. Because when Salma Hayek started out, I thought, fucking hell, this is awkward. What are they? Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh, that's cute. That's really fun. When <laughs> when Rose Burns died, my heart did warm. Because she's playing a very... Uh, I mean, uh, they could have characterised her more as the sort of nerdy, cautious, careful friend. Very much like um, Caitlin Dever, who I just learned is going to be in something amazing. What was that? The film I'm Caitlin so Dever new. by me, it's Christopher such... Nolan. <laughs> Fuck me, it's so new it's not even on a Wikipedia yet. That's how breaking this news is. Rose Byrne did, did effectively play somebody with... Um, rejection sensitivity she was such a people pleaser um and, and yeah. like watching her just try to keep salma hayek happy was was part of why she just starts dancing to go along to go along with her really <laughs> awkward um like rumba um it was it, yeah. it was really cute yeah um tiffany haddish does some good old twerking in the pancake scene very <laughs> very impressive what she's doing with her badonk donk fuck yeah i like the fact that the, t- the pair of them record this um footage in the nightclub which is all about the sort of best friends and they have this conversation i think whilst outside if i remember correctly that it's all about how exciting it is when you see your sort of best friend at a party and mm. know that they're there we want our products to make you feel like you just found your person in the crowd happy and safe no matter how much you see your flaws your person is always standing there reminding you you are beautiful and that was really sweet. And that's what made me think, oh, this is actually going to be about friendship and yeah. how great that is. And it kind of was. <laughs> At times, yeah. A little bit. When Sometimes when it was not contradicting the comedy yeah. <laughs> that they had. <laughs> that's what all comedy means. Just contradict the plot. And I really like Rose Byrne's fading goodwill as she tries to get rid of her one night stand. Um, he comes down oh, and he's yeah. like, hey, can I have some pancakes, bro? And she's like, hey. You can go now. You have to go because I'm going to church. Oh, okay. Uh, can I call you? No, but thank you. Bye. Oh. <laughs> she, she keeps telling him where the door is and eventually she's just staring at him, smiling. 
but a smile is fading. It's melting off, and yeah. there's just a look of pure <laughs> disdain underneath. <laughs> and <Aww. laughs> the camera just sticks with her long enough for me to laugh, but also feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mean joke. But it was quite funny. She delivered it well. I quite liked Billy Porter, who played Barrett. It was in the trailers, and in the trailers I remember being just on the cusp of finding it irritating because of how it was cut. Yeah. But I, I, I found it funny. It is his dramatically leaving the restaurant. Yes. It was... Yes. It went on for a long time. Long, It, it did the thing of crossing the line, you know, yeah. being a, a fairly amusing idea that went on for so long it became quite funny. Yeah. And the sort of forlorn... Uh, he's been fired, and so he makes a big deal of getting up and slowly and, heartbro- and heartbrokenly yeah. um, leaving the restaurant, and including a sort of pause at the window to sort of press his hand against it and then quietly go off. Yeah. And it was very funny. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it, it, it begins mm. with, um, after firing him, Rose yeah. and Tiffany, Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish are arguing. Something's fantastic hey, hey, now. Hey, hey. Witness my tragic moment. And it's so, yeah. so invasive <laughs> of the screen. <laughs> it's such a good start to because that. The, yeah, because they have moved on. They fired him and then start fighting about like, the drift growing between them, yeah. and so it's just like, no, this is me, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm the one who's been fired. Be sad about me. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Do you know what? There was a bit here where I thought maybe the resolution's going to be that they learn to have kids and start a family, and then they didn't do that. And I'm really glad that, <laughs> that that didn't happen. That would have been bad had they done that. <laughs> that would have been the um, Christmas with the Cranks method of finishing a movie. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Dan Aykroyd shows up and explains how we're all wrong. Yeah. <laughs> These guys here are jerks, but not as big a jerk as you at home. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Paul. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, when Lisa Kudrow shows up and says to her, um, you look like you haven't smiled in 20 years. And Salma Hayek says, is that supposed to be an insult? And Lisa Kudrow says, yeah, to your soul. Yeah. You know, she then continues to say not to your face, which looks amazing, which is part of the overall trend of we've got to compliment Salma Hayek at all <laughs> stages in this. Yeah. Um, because she was a big get for us. But I did enjoy, yeah, mm. to your soul. And I, and that, was a, that was a good read. I even enjoyed the delivery of... And you haven't changed. Even your face looks like it hasn't smiled in 30 years. Is that supposed to be an insult? Well, yeah, to your soul. Not physically, you look great. Because it was, it was like fading out as Salma Hayek turns around to continue the, the, the conversation. <laughs> um, Salma Hayek's face on the side of a company reminded me of like Nathan Barley levels of indulgence. Um, <laughs> going, going to the company face it made me genuinely angry when Tiffany Haddish just wouldn't let up or drop the, the point in public when they just carried on arguing in, in front of their friends um, it was so just so childish between the two of them I just wanted them mm. to stop and I guess that's a good thing because that's showing <laughs> how it was how much it was corrupting the characters yeah um, The there's a noise made by a lady when Selma Hayek pushes her out of the way at the end which is a bit of a <laughs> 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 escalator to nowhere noise and then finally i think it's jennifer coolidge uh mm. stifler's mom is showing dupinder the their new website mm. and she's scrolling up and down the screen going black girl white girl to show we do both <laughs> it's so so yeah. silly she, she was she was definitely playing a clown in this movie and, and just unfortunately most of the lines didn't connect with me but um well they decided to make a joke of how sort of sad her life is and her experience yeah. which can be quite one note well and for meg griffin just, 
Yay. <laughs> yeah, after a while it just feels a bit grim. <laughs> yeah. Well, after a while, immediately it feels quite grim. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of that kind of thing. Straight away. <laughs> Unless it can be, I don't know, comedically untrue. We've had this before with sort of, you know, self-deprecating jokes. They need to not be mm. potentially very real. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the big yeah. issue. My final thing. There were two kind of stream of insult jokes I quite liked. One early on delivered by mm. Tiffany Haddish. And then one later on by um, Rose Byrne. And in particular, I do enjoy Rose Byrne saying motherfucker. You're a lying, manipulative, conniving, backstabbing, bucktooth, Jessica Rabbit looking motherfucker. Oh, that is good. I don't know why, but in her voice, it just felt very She's satisfying. Very good at that. <laughs> okay. I think that's it for all of our, um, all of our things. Yeah. What about the OG team? The OG team, everyone. All of them. OG team smoked a joint by a baby. Um, uh, we've we've got uh, one here from Cinematic Adventures, Daniel, um, who or it might be Jackie. Didn't they didn't sign it? So I don't know. I'm not Jesus. We don't know. I try to be on a daily basis, but I'm not. We've studied the writing styles. <laughs> I'm determined that this could only have come from the Zodiac Killer. Oh <laughs> shit! Oh no! Well, that's bad news for one of you. <laughs> Um, whoever you are, our apologies, but they said, I saw it, it wasn't all bad. Overall, I think it was meh. Okay. Some good, some bad, not good or terrible. Yeah, I'll say I didn't get necessarily angry or irritated. I thought I would. The trailer was dreadful. The trailer really, really made me uncomfortable in the seat to the point where I just didn't want to be watching it. But no, the film was, it was meh. It's like you say, it's just a shame it wasn't better. Yeah, it, re- it really was. There's, there's a lot of good stuff and, there, but yeah. in execution, just... Just, yeah. just flopped. Thanks, OGT. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> the end. Thanks, OG team. That's good stuff. Nice. Well, I think then in that case we should probably talk about things that are also better than this slightly, but in a similar way. <laughs> how can we, how can we shorten that and rebrand it into a way that's just gonna pop in the noughties? No idea, mate. The one better thing. It's just a general one, really. I, you know, I was thinking yeah. of bridesmaids and book smart, but. Ladybird, yeah. Little Women, um, you know, just <laughs> all the gross the, out comedy and Little Women. There, there, there are just a, a bunch it. of really, really great, great female directed and written movies and led and led yeah. movies out there. And um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. That's another one. There's a, there's a wide range of female voices out there. And my guessing is it comes off better than uh, it did here when it was written and directed by men. Yeah, absolutely. For mine, I'm going to focus in on the idea of. Um, a sort of hostile work environment and um, of someone trying to get ahead. I'm going to go with Late Night. Yeah, a film that came out last year, directed by Nisha Ganat- uh, Ganatra, by a screenplay by the star, Mindy Kaling, who I suspect, and I suspect this must come from real life experiences of sort of trying to write for comedy shows. It's about Mindy Kaling's character as this sort of outsider who comes in to write material and jokes for Emma Thompson's sort of talk show character. Yeah. And in doing so, becomes the first female member of this sort of writing team and faces all sorts of hostility and kind of resentment as a result, mm. especially since she beat out one of their brothers, I think, for the role. And um, essentially was exactly a diversity hire because the studio decided it would be a good PR move to hire a woman. So now she has to earn her place against people who feel that she's just uh, a diversity okay. hire. So there's all sorts of stuff going on. But the point is, it's really funny. It feels very well observed. There's something that feels very um, believable about how shit this room can be sometimes. Without it, forget what you know. Without forgetting to be funny, it's got 
incredible cast. You know, Emma Thompson convincingly plays this talk show host who has lost her way at some point and forgotten about trying to have a real voice of her own and is just a sort of mm. corporate entity that she's trying to brand successfully. And, you know, mm. and there's, you know, obviously that's more real than a lot of the sort of cynical corporate stuff in Like a Boss. Mindy Kaling's obviously brilliant as Molly, the new screenwriter. You've also got Hugh Dancy in there playing, I think he's the one who plays a bit of a shit. He's the kind of sleeper mm. um, ladies man of the writer's room. I might have gotten that mixed up. It's been a while Prizing since I've his role as Dr. Will Graham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What do you do with the bodies? I feel like I we see should make a joke him. about. <laughs> Why did you cut her up? Um, I think we should make a joke about Trump. <laughs> you bastard! I've tasted <laughs> human flesh, you know. <laughs> and John Lithgow plays an um, Emma Thompson's older um husband. Um, that was fantastic. Just, there's just some wonderful stuff going on in there, and um, some wonderful sort of knowing winks to the current sort of talk show environment out there. So. Yeah, it was a really yeah. good film. Excellent. Yeah, and that was The One Better Thing. The One Better Thing. Right, how can people find out more about this particular thing, this particular brand that we've got growing? They can shut up and go away and eat their vegetables. Listeners should be seen <laughs> and not heard. But um, while you're doing that, that leaves yeah. up so much more space for listening to our voices, telling you much of the same. <laughs> Uh, but you, you can access that on Twitter and Facebook. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all good podcatchers. If you haven't left a review for us yet, then now's a perfect time because fuck right it, what else it's... is there to do? Um, nothing. Nothing. F- literally nothing. <laughs> kind of in that vein. We've got a Patreon where literally something <laughs> is being released most weeks. Um, we just released the Paulie Paulie Ellen DVD challenge where she came on Judge Our Worth via the things that we yeah. bought and own. Um it turned out really, really well. Uh, next, we've got some another post pitch in the works. We've got another 50, oh, yeah. 50 shades. Um, we've got oh, another 50 pools, sorry. We've got a <laughs> whole bunch of stuff coming out that's going to appeal to someone, right? Right? Somebody, please. Jesus. When you can do that for as little as a dollar a month, um, you, yeah. keep, you keep the lights on at OGT HQ, and you, yeah, you keep us doing you give us the opportunity to do these amazing things that we love to do so thank you for that yeah. for everybody who's already subscribed with season three of roll to cast by those lovely baby bearders has been out for mm. a couple of weeks now you can see uh, my soundtrack and you can also hear my soundtrack on soundcloud uh love traitor the links will be in the episode notes good stuff check it all out there and then also come back here next week for another please. episode please of your favorite your favorite show Wongard Paul and Paul. <laughs> I'm Wongard. I'm Ant. And remember, the Wongard thing about like a boss is Rose Byrne and Tiffany Haddish just awkwardly shuffling around in an office they don't belong.